June 5, 2023. It's a Watch for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. We started off with uh, John Coltrane, My Favorite Things, an excerpt from Birdland, March 2, 1963. Then we had uh, Neocinamide, if I said it that right. Uh, the World of an Invariability. Because of those Estonian software engineers, their scap invention, I got with me Tom Mikowski? Yep. Yeah, okay, got it right. What about the band name? Did I get the Neocinamide? I, I call it niacinamide, but... Okay, okay, right, so. okay. Yeah, like niacin, like vitamin B, right? Okay. Yeah, that's actually where I got the name. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you know, in Europe, the eyes are always, except England, of course, the eyes are always this long E sound, so... Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, you have to unlearn what you learn. So. <laughs> anyway, we got to give big credit right away to uh, Brother Grant and uh, Eugene Crew and stuff to, for making the connect. Uh, I want to learn about your journey through music. Very interesting stuff you gave me. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I want to hear about it. So please bring your earliest musical recollection if you can, Tom. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. My, I was listening to uh, I Saw Her Standing There on, on 45. which my, Beatles! Um, I don't know if you remember those those plastic brown Fisher-Price record players. I remember. They uh, opened up like a little suitcase. Yeah, yeah, I still got it. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. So that was your earliest thing. And maybe that leads up to this question, the first record you bought with your own money, maybe a 45. Actually, it was a cassette, and it was uh, a, a, the Cocktail soundtrack. Whoa, uh, Which movie. I was mildly obsessed with that Kokomo song by the Beach Boys. <laughs> right. I think they call that Yacht Rock or something. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, yeah, <laughs> fuck genres anyway. Yacht Rock, what the fuck's that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> kayak rock. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, the pad you grew up in, Tom. Was there musical instruments? Uh, no, no real instruments. But like my my parents always definitely as music was around. Um, like cassette uh, recorders were always around. So we were kind of always my brothers and I were kind of always just messing around with stuff. Oh, you mean like making recordings? Yeah, like just like doing sort of bits and singing stuff and like trying to make music from whatever. But uh, you mean a cappella? Yeah, kind of. Um, just like singing over like bad Bon Jovi songs and and then just like you know hitting on drums of like the table and trying to like kind of make music that way and then just playing it back constantly. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. What What about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? Uh, no, I went, my brother and I were in chorus until about, I want to say eighth grade when we got, uh, guitars, but we, we played, um, I have a twin brother. We, we like, my parents both got us, uh, trombones and that was pretty short lived. <laughs> bass clef. Yeah. Bass clef. That's how I learned. <laughs> and microtones. In some ways it's a pretty trippy instrument. Big yeah. ass mouthpiece too. I heard for the marching band, it was kind of easier than a little fucking French horn shit and trumpet. Yeah. Our teacher was kind of terrible. He was very sort of old school. And then we just kind of moved away into chorus and singing songs again. You know, I, I'm, you know, 22 years now doing the show and the guests have kind of taught me that, that it really ain't the music itself. It's the cat trying to bring it to you. They ain't got the fucking skills. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's just like, they don't want to hear like at this point it was like, they didn't want to hear what any kind of new music. I don't even know what it was back then, but it was all just like sit here and play this thing. And, and that's not, you know, it's a bunch of kids. They don't want to do that. Right. Now you said there was a, you and your twin brother had a guitar moment. How did that happen? 
Uh, yeah, we like my, my we definitely were getting sort of like punk rock and stuff like that. And and then when I was like, I think it was twelve, my parents took us to this you know nothing records or uh, music store. We both got um, Lotus guitars and basses, which weighed about two hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> what about amps? Uh, amps actually. My, so my uncle he had played in bands way back in the day. So I had I was lucky. I had this sort of um, tube Ampeg amp from the seventies, and the thing was amazing. But it probably was a boat anchor too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember my dad like bolted wheels onto the bottom of it so I could move it around. <laughs> <laughs> so Prack was in your room. Well, I gotta ask you, uh, first gig you saw? First gig was uh, yeah, my dad took us to see ZZ Top on the Recycler tour. Good at, uh, oh yeah, when they were coming back. Yeah, it's like George Thurgood opened, and I was just that. That sort of was like that, right after that we went and got guitars. I was kind of hooked. So George Thurgood, I think the the other two guys were called the Destroyers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and basically, he's doing you know old blues guy stuff, kind of rock and rolled up. Right, and it was cool, kind of being that young because you know it's it's you know obviously he's an amazing guitar player, but for us it was just you could you could kind of play the, the three notes around it. Right, right, and we, right. And so we felt kind of cool about that. It was not about all the changes, more about the feel. I think that's that's why I love about Stooges. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's I think that kind of got me because it was like, you know, someone's got to play bass, someone's got to play guitar. And I kind of leaned towards bass because I think it was like it's probably easier, but it was also like I kind of you heard those notes. So it drifted me towards that. And, and But did you ever get on guitar later? Because they are kind of, you know, at first I thought, oh, yeah, four string guitar should be easier. But as I got less younger, I've discovered maybe four string drum set. Yeah, I, I mean, I because I, my brother had a guitar, and so I kind of noodle around with that or whatever you want to call it. But um, I always just kind of drifted back to the bass. But you know, it's like you see people playing like acoustic guitars, and you're just like, I should have learned to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bitch. Yeah, I'm pretty portable, no amp, right? And they're light. And now Klein yeah. uh, has got a <laughs> twin brother named Alex Klein. He's a drummer man, and but he's a couple minutes ahead. Are you a couple minutes ahead or behind? Yeah, I'm I'm five minutes ahead. That's funny you mention that because it's like we did we we still joke to this day. Why didn't one of us learn to play drums? <laughs> <laughs> now they talk exactly the same. And Petra's uh, now Petra's a triplet, right? But only two can buy, be identical. Tanya's a fraternal. So Rachel, they sing the same. Are your voices similar? Uh, yeah. So we're like we're 44 now, and it's still if I if I call my dad, and you know now we can see it on the phone, but like back when you know whatever 10, 12 years ago, you call him on the landline, and he still who's wait is this Tom or Tim? <laughs> okay, same thing with fucking Nels and his brother, the same exact voice, but different personas. But that way, it's it's really kind of yeah trippy. Maybe uh, there was that asshole Nazi scientist that liked to experiment on twins. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, that, that was always like anytime we learned about that, we're just like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Ooh, ooh. So, what about uh, after school? Not graduating, but in the afternoon, the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band. You probably did one with your brother, right? Yeah, so in, in we called the summer of tenth grade because we were kind of like that. When that's kind of when we realized like we don't really care what you know we were kind of picked on and stuff you know punk rock and you're like we don't care so we started this band we called it um Sifugu death <laughs> just okay. kind of like you know three, again three chord punk and just trying to learn kind of how to play the instruments and and the material like me and d boone are you copying off records yeah for sure you know just kind of uh well trying to but then you know we we would kind of just try to write our own songs around the three chords we could play and then you know i hear of, this three chord thing but think about tvi and funhouse stooges one chord 
Oh, yeah. Fucking ha- Harry Nilsson liming the coconut one chord. Oh, yeah. Once we learned, like, the hardcore chug with, uh, off the uh, the open notes, that, that was everything. <laughs> Talk about the chug. E7, right? Creedence. Right. Keep on chugling. Man, that's one fucking Tom, older brother Tom there was on the one E7. Chink, chink, <laughs> chink, chink. Keep on chugling. Get it? <laughs> okay. No, but it's trippy about music, you know. Is it really about all the parts or is it about one good one? <laughs> yeah, I think once you once you kind of just you hit something that sounds good when you're like, you know, when you don't know anything and you're just like, oh, my God, this is the, the best thing in the world. Now, did this band ever do a gig or was it just a prac band? Um, well, so we kind of I forget what the name of we've said. We kept, you know, we did that thing where you just change names all the time. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember we, we played we played a show and it was pretty terrible. And then uh, really what uh, happened? You could only have your first gig once. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, anything that could go wrong went wrong. I, the drummer brought a drum drum machine instead of his drum set, and then the what? singer um, that, just got, just out of the blue. You guys have been doing prac, right? And then he shows up with a drum machine. Yeah, I, don't, I forget this. Well, I think he just couldn't. It was his friend's drum set, so he, he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then he just didn't didn't have it. He didn't bring it, so he brought this drum machine, which in <laughs> hindsight was probably pretty cool thinking about it, but. Um, Definitely wasn't at the moment. No, but pretty steady. Yeah. <laughs> but fuck, and, if you've never practiced with it, that's a new thing right in front of people for your first gig. Wow. Yeah, and, and then, uh, well, it got worse. The singer um, got stage fright, so he kind of just stood there. Uh-oh. And then, Dear- but there's a kind of there's a kind of funny story about this because uh, so basically, my, my older brother came and sung a song, and then this kid named Rick who was later in these two bands, Subterfuge and Extinction AD, he, he sung our, the Minor Threat covers we were playing. Yeah. And then and then later when I started a different band, he, he booked our first show. <laughs> wow. See, be nice to people because you never know when you're going to be working with them. Oh, again. yeah, 100%. Don't never burn bridges, people. Never burn <laughs> But he got deer in the headlights. Right. Okay. It was yeah. So I, I was I was I was like this is awesome, and, and my brother was like this is terrible. So he, I, I think I think that that was his first and only show. So it was kind of qualified success. Okay. Right. <laughs> Look, you gave me this. Uh, hence, a great sugui for the uh, tune I want to play that you gave me. Fool's triumph. <laughs> <laughs>
smack and some seed. Off of that fat sandwich thing. Water slippy. Smack and smack a lot.
expressing yourself. Thank you.
Thank you. 
with Naya, like what I, what I do, yeah. it's like I'll, I'll, I would do it all on the computer with the record, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, that was that was kind of cool, and then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. You know that happened. <laughs> Have you you know the Steely Dan song "Reeling in the Years," right? Jimmy Page. Yeah. That's Jimmy Page's favorite solo. Well, the guy, it's one take, right? Elliot Russell, Randall, and uh, I actually it was through an SVT bass amp too, because there was no other amp in the studio. But uh, anyway, uh, was that okay? And the engineer forgot to hit record, so he had to do it twice. Oh, man. It happens, it happens. (laughs) People, deja vu all over again. That chunk of music started off with niacinamide with with Fool's Triumph, Dream TX, In Too Deep, Model Home, Oceans. You know, phonetic pun there. So surreal, surreal. Mama's Brennan, again, both uh, DC area. SLWCC Watt, Be The Bones. Got a new album coming, Kill Rockstar. Muskeg Mudsuck out of Alaska. Mean Okra. Western Gats out of Toronto, Canada. Master Del Sol. Catnip. Time on Me. The Scratch Clark remix. And finally, Niacinamide with Ambiguity or something else. Okay, so the band only lasts till 10th grade. Yeah, it's 10th or 12th grade. 10th or 12th, then... I'm sorry. Okay, it only lasts to 12th grade. And so that's like... High school's over. So what's yeah. next for you? So so then, uh, sort of people went away, and I I, I went to school, um, kind of where I lived on Long Island. So a bunch of it, basically the, the kids who stayed, we started a we started a band called Center Zero, which was uh, like a Long Island hardcore band, and did that for for. Not when I you say know. Long Island, I'm thinking of private like Lightning Bolt and uh, Six Finger Satellite and. Uh, so, so there was like the New York hardcore scene, like Agnostic Front and all that. Yeah. And yeah. and then Long Island was kind of its own separate thing. And well, it had Long Island. Of... I was thinking Rhode Island. <laughs> no, not different island. <laughs> Remember that mayor, uh, Buddy, yeah. right, Buddy? Oh man, yeah. Okay, I got it wrong. Long Island, of course. Louis from there. I read the uh, Victor Bacris bio on him and uh, Littleton or something. Was one of the first track housings in the country. Yeah, yeah. Love so Long Island is part of New York, but in a way, it's it's very much its own world. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely like you know, if you're from New York, you say New York. If you're from Long Island, you say kind of Long Island, and, unless and, you're like. And what's trippy is Brooklyn, Queens. They're just the West part, same island. Oh my god! So I, I lived in California for like 15 years, and I would just argue that with everybody. I'm like, <laughs> Brooklyn's on Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> I took the Long Island Railroad. Uh, Penn Station, but it's under Madison Square Garden now, right? Because yeah. uh, Dix Hills, it's a pine lawn stop. He's buried in the boneyard right there. I had to go oh, wow. twice because I thought I was just going to fucking find it by walking around it like thousands of graves. It's a veterans <laughs> kind of thing. So I had to go and ask the gardener. It's in the Garden of Sanctuary, people, if you're going there just to find it. Uh, it says jo- John W. Cotrain, that's all. And it was one of those twofers, I guess, for Alice, too. So, right. um, Okay, so the Long Island scene, and right like here in SoCal, you could be butt up against another town, but you don't know it because it ain't your town. Right. So, so a whole different scene. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got you start this band, which we ain't gonna hurt here till the th- third hour, people, because <laughs> Watson asshole, and didn't have it together that way. But Center Zero, and who's in yeah. Center Zero? So it's just a couple, of, a couple of buddies. Right? This guy named Dan Turr, who who now I've, we're all still kind of friends. He he uh, he runs a screen printing business called Ink Up Merch, and then uh, our singer is a guy, a guy named John Lewis, who, funny enough, he used to tattoo out of San Pedro, oh. and 
and now he's tattooing in Redondo at a place called Sangha, I think. Okay. And and then my buddy Mike, who kind of moved out to California with us, and and this kid Chris, who's still on Long Island. So yeah, it was just kind of the, the this crew that. What was it like? Of, a five piece? Yeah, five piece, two okay. guitars. And you guys, it sounds like you're doing your own uh, material, right? Yeah, it was all original. We kind of we, we were just going to a lot of shows and, and, and like the five of us and, and we were just like kind of like, hey, we could do this. Why don't we do this? And yeah. then just kind of took it kind of took it really seriously. And then it just sort of imploded. <laughs> and how, how are you involved as far as composing? Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting because like, I, I, you know, it's, you know, the, everyone hates when the bass player brings songs to the, to the table. But why well, do you um, mean the Spinal Tap movie with the jazz uh, odyssey? Yeah, exactly. Der- Derek exactly Smalls, right. right? Derek Small. He's like fire. He's like ice. I'm like lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it this way. We're kind of the grout. But right. you know what? We can bring some good songs. In fact, Bass Player Magazine asked me future, and I said, yeah, 20 more strings. No, composition <laughs> tool. I really believe the future of the bass because we don't have all that melodic content, so that lets room for your uh, collaborators. Anyway, yeah. So you and, would bring yeah, in we, songs, huh? We were we were kind of like more of a melodic hardcore band, I guess it was later called. But um, we we kind of just all made sort of an agreement, like even the drummer, like everyone has to come to, to practice with like three or four parts every week, and then we just kind of build the songs off of those. So for whatever reason, and and my buddy John had made a joke that it was like the five people who should never be in a band together. It just kind of worked. Like it it, it it just it was like one of the most fun fun times of my life. And can you remember the first Center Zero gig? Uh, yeah, so it's that's funny because I, I got the poster on my wall. Uh, we played it. <laughs> we played it at a place called Rocky Point Park, and again, that that kid who sung the Minor Threat songs booked us, and it was yeah, uh, yeah it was just us and 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 every other band didn't show up except his band. <laughs> yeah, was there deer in the headlight moments? Uh, no, like we like I said, we took it so so seriously. So we like we waited a good six seven months before we ever played out. And so at that point, we were just kind of, you know, cocky young young people just like, all right, we're ready. We're going to take over everything. And you gave me some recordings. So you guys now who who did you go to studio or were you using those cassette machines? No, we, there was a place called Dare Studios, which was sort of very bare bones, sort of they have amps and they can record for you. And, you know, we had no money. So that's that's kind of what we just did. We'd, we'd go rehearse. And at the end of the rehearsal, we'd, we'd record for like 30 minutes. And that's where all, all that stuff came from. Oh, OK. And how long does this band last? Uh, I want to say like three years. And then and then it just kind of, I just, I, I couldn't even tell you what happened. It was just one day we just were done. And then everyone kind of moved away. <laughs> and, and, and here's the kind of charming part sometimes. Like, how do people find out it's done? Yeah, it's interesting now thinking about that because, like, I mean, as, as you know, like, even, even 15, 20 years ago, there was, you know, it was like MySpace wasn't even around. So, like, no one knew. So I think people were just like, what's going on? And and, and we just kind of left it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, you read about, you know, as Sid Barrett was leaving, leaving Pink Floyd, you know, like they, they just stopped picking him up for practice and then right. they stopped picking him up for gigs. Like the, the, the organ player said, hey, I'm going to go get some cigarettes. He comes back like four hours later, right? They go and do a fucking gig. Yeah, and like we were, we were nothing as far as like fame or anything. But there, there are sort of moments because it was such sort of a, a, a tight knit scene, and still is, and the, the, the scene is so thriving. But I remember being in, in, in LA at FYF Fest like 20 years later, 
and and the person who was sort of checking the tickets in, she was like, "Were you in? We were in a Long Island hardcore band." Wow! <laughs> and shows, I was like, what? "Shows to go, you people. Shows to go, you." Always, I remember, you know, Taff Falco had me wearing these funky, pointy shoes and shit, and like we're driving there, her killing my feet. So I take them off, you know, and he goes, "You know, somebody might pull us over." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man." <laughs> Okay, Tav, you're the boss. <laughs> uh, so, look, does music quit for you when that band ends? What's the next chapter? Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, sort of. So then, I then I, I moved to LA with my brother and to go meet and, and the guitar player for Center lived out there at that time. And then my brother and that and that guy moved back to New York, and I stayed out there. And then the singer and the guitar player from Center moved to LA, and then we just never did anything. But I kind of always just just you know kept up with it and. And that's sort of how I was doing like sort of side, like, I don't even want to say side bands, but just like I'd, I'd hang out with friends and we'd play and we'd be some bands like I was in a band called Dowdy for a minute. And that was just kind of messing around. And no, then you, you gave me some Dowdy. We're going to have that in the third hour. No, oh, actually, yeah, I, I, threw, I threw it on. Yeah, I kind of remixed actually, that into a nice actually, song. Actually, Tom, that's kind of a collab, right? Yeah, yeah. So that 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 guy's Pete, and it's still my friend. Uh, no, uh, fill us in later, because the people will not be able to make the connect. We got two hours in between, <laughs> <laughs> but we are at the end of the first hour, June 5, twenty twenty three. Dishwap Pedro Show special guest Tom Mikowski. Hold tight for hour two. June five, twenty twenty three. It's the second hour. A lot for Pedro Show.
Watford Pedro show. We start off the second hour. Nice cinemide with Flower of the Mountain. And after that, we had uh, Tenko and Dora Video, a duet in Tokyo, uh, March 15th, not too long, a couple months ago, 2023. Excerpt from live stream of Three Days Domune Noise University. Oh, yeah, this is during Victoria Shen's Japanese tour. Makoto Kabata was on this bill also. Above the trees after that, we just had uh, Marco on day before. Uh, well, yeah, Friday. The Farm of Life. That's great. When English ain't your first language, man, you can get creative. The Farm of Life. <laughs> like above the tree. I, tr- I, You know, I asked him what that meant. He said, you know, when you're in the tree, you, you can see everything. But I said, well, actually, you're talking about you're above the tree. You ain't in the tree. <laughs> But that's all right. That's all right. He's beautiful. Electro Carpa, another Italian music. music. But this is a band. Omo dalla frusta d'oro. It's a man. And gold. Trupa Trupa from Poland with Lit. And finally, Niacinamide with Working Within Decrepit Calm. So it sounds like there was kind of a little evolution. You let go of the bass and you get into some electronics. Yeah, so like I, I start with with the Dowdy band. I kind of like I, I was just experimenting more with um, like pedals, and and I, I was traveling a lot for work and a lot overseas. So I just started buying like these weird fuzz pedals when I could find them, and then it just started getting you know I was on the road and I just was like I want to do something. So I just started getting more noisy and more noisy, and then I started experimenting with like moogs and synths and stuff like that, and trying to figure out if I could do anything with that. Not really the keyboard part so much. And you didn't use, obviously, like with pedals and stuff, you're treating a sound. So was the bass ever involved, like the foundation and then going through all these effects? Yeah, so now I said it might start with that. It was just like, how how blown out can I can I make a fuzz pedal? Right. And then, and then sort of tweaking it, you know, um, just tweaking the amps a bit and seeing what I could do in my apartment. And... Uh, and then it's just kind of it's just kind of slowly the bass took sort of a backseat for better or for worse and yeah I don't know I just kind of kept evolving into something whatever I was kind of feeling at the moment and, and um, I still kind of try to bring the bass back a bit if I can even if it's just sort of like dissonant tones from it but um, Nye is definitely more I think more electronic if that's what we want to call it and, and, and what about the the foundation sounds when you let go of the bass, what was starting to make them like a synth or something? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Cause like now my wife laughs, we have this joke where I just kind of like, she's like, Oh, did you record that? Where I was just kind of walking around and hearing things and like, t- not, not field recordings, but I guess kind of, kind of sort of field recordings. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Whatever's ambient, whatever's happening in the situation you're in. Right. And then I just like sort of, sort of put that into the computer and, and sort of chop it up and see what I could do with it. And you ah. know, slowing things down, speeding it up and, Adding tones and and no interesting. Uh, it's uh, to me uh, maybe a parallel. Get, tell me if I'm wrong, but like taking a photograph of where you're at and then fucking bringing that into whatever Photoshop and applying the filters. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's it's definitely like that, and it's, and it's you know it's like oh here we were and we were in Switzerland for you know for a honeymoon and then here's the waterfall we took that I made something that sounds probably horrible with, but uh, you know it's enjoyable and. Uh, we both kind of got a kick out of it now. It, it's not like, hey, I was, had a nightmare last night. I woke up in a machine <laughs> shop. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Einstein and Neubauten. They were out in the desert here in the Mojave. And uh, 
Yeah, we say Pedro, but we don't say Mojave people. We don't say Jalapenos or fucking Tortillas <laughs> either. We're not that stupid. We do say Cabrillo, though, for the beach. But those only two words we fuck up. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I thought, man, because, you know, I talk to young people. They don't even know what machine shop is. They got rid of that shit. But we used to have these, cl- like, shop classes, right? And some of that, that these... Um, I don't know what uh, experimental stuff. They they mind me. I I get flashbacks of my youth in Mr. Kogan, and he used to call everybody Joe Hamburger in the machine shop with the grinders and all that shit. So that, that that's a tr- when do the titles appear? Um, so it, it's sort of it's sort of mixed. Like I like I, when I first started out with like you know and Graham from from less than one and this guy Paul who does this label this noise label called Al Ripper. I was just kind of trying to find anyone that knew anything about this. Cause I didn't know anything about like the noise scene or anything. And so if they were doing like comps and if the comp had like a theme, I'd start with the title and try to build something around it. Um, okay. Yeah. If, that's the way I use titles, but it seems like a lot of cats, they put them on after. Yeah. So if I'm just sort of messing around and like, like, like it's funny that you mentioned the, the, the shop, because like if we're walking in, in like New York city, my wife, Lindsay will be like, Oh, you, did you record that building you know, getting worked on? <laughs> And then, and then I'll come up with, I'll, I'll do something with that. And then I'll just throw a title on it based on like what I'm reading at the moment or, or something that I've kind of heard and just wrote down. You know, I heard Harry Smith, you know, that guy who did all that folk, Yeah. Uh, and, but, but he also used to just hang a microphone out a window in New York city and record that shit. That's funny. Cause like w- the w- wind specifically, especially on like an iPhone, it's like, it, 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 it sounds terrible, but it sounds great. Yeah, because you know, he, he picks up everything. Right, and it's got a fucking natural rhythm. That's for damn sure. Look, you gave me this through eternal blue. Let's listen.
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunky music start off with Niacinamide doing Through Eternal Blue. Sam Bennett out of Tokyo. Originally from Birmingham, Alabama, but he's been there 25 years. Route 66, part of his uh, cover. He thinks if you co- cover a song, you should make it your, uh, your, your version. I like that idea. Joe Berardi, he was on last episode, but this is him with Stuart Liebig doing uh, a live gig, a tune called Freedom Hurts. Andre Gurinoff with his, uh, reflected on his homeland, and it's all, every tune is like a portion of the last hundred years of history. This one's 1977 to 1990. And then Alex Paxton with Mouth Song, Take One. Or like Pedro, we say Mouth. And then finally, Parts Impossible to Find. In a collab here, Niacinamide uh, with Johnny Bingo. Enlighten us to Johnny Bingo. Wow. <laughs> so so we were kind of just talking about the field recordings. And, and so my brother, who is like very, uh, he was very interested in, uh, it just is a strong word in what Niacinamide was doing and sort of just kind of, and fascinated with it, so he was. He started this thing called Johnny Bingo um, while he was on vacation, oh, wow. which was him recording field field recordings and then sending me those sounds. So he leaves. And, he leaves guitar. Yeah. So he, he. It's funny. He just. He just. I like just two weeks ago picked it back up, and I was like so excited that he finally picked it back up. Wow. He has a, okay. He has a beautiful 2001 Gibson SG. But, but in the meantime, he was doing field recording. You know who did that? I don't know if you remember Cabaret Voltaire, 70s band from England. Yeah. That was really, there's an album called uh, Mix Up or something like that. It's so good, their first album. But they were three-piece, and one guy went to the BBC, Mr. Watson, to, uh, yeah, do field records. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating story, and there's a whole subgenre of the noise scene that does it, and I, I'm always fascinated I, I, with it. I, last month, I had Sabako from Tokyo. To- she's been doing it for 25 years. Oh, uh, yeah, great. It's, it's just amazing stuff. Yeah, it shows you that everything's got melody, rhythm, and harmony. Yeah, and the longer, like the longer cuts that she does too, it's like it, it, the, the rhythms go in and out, and that that I find just really. Oh, you're aware of her music, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been playing it a lot for, for, for you. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. she spent some time in New York City going to school, and I think she made connects with some of uh, them. I don't know ambient noise. Is that funny? There's ambient noise, but they're kind of part of the same scene. Yes. <laughs> You know, music is music. What time, we're going to get free of all that fucking genre gulag shit. Uh, I know. You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, so so uh, Johnny Bingo makes a collab <laughs> with Niacinamide, right? That's what this, this uh, part's impossible to find. So right. who went first? Um, so that one, it was basically, we did, I always try to give him like, I'll call it an assignment, where it was basically, he, I was, he I told him, like, let's meet up in the city for lunch and just kind of you record um, whatever you want on the, on the way. So he just did like these 15 minute bits there and then kind of and, and sent it to me. And we kind of mixed it when I got back. So I guess he kind of started it and then I just messed with it. Um, and I kind of sent it back to him and he gets a kick out of it and his kids get a kick out of it. You know, improvised music. I'm always curious about that because it's almost a power play. Like, right. Who's going to go first? Right. Right. Who's going to pull their pants down? <laughs> you know, and because uh, and what I learned from Nels Klein, he says the most important thing about improv, improv is listening. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's it's interesting because then I'm, I'm hearing, it's like I'm hearing what he's, 
what he's thinking is interesting or what he's, even if he's not, it's, it's what he's hearing at the moment. And then he kind of sends that to me. And then I got to, I got to figure out, okay, why did he send it? You know, be sort of meta about it. And then, and then, sure, uh, no, and then do something with it. To me, that's the heart of art. Look, we're at the end of the, uh, Hour 2, June 5, 2023, Dish Show special guest, Tom Mikowski, I hope to have our three. June 5, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
lot for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with stuff that happened way before the stuff you've been just listening to. <laughs> it's when we first were spieling, right? So, Center Zero. Tom's a man with his brother, Young On, Long Island scene. What you make of it? Andre Vita from Berlin after that. Po- Posta. Uh, Pasco Pizza is the name of the tune of the Brages. Yap Blanc, Damon, Damon Smith, stand-up bass man, and uh, drummer man Rock, Kalam Bob Moses. Percussion, too, I should say. Center Zero again, October's Cold Tune. I bet you it was a cold tune. Or it was a cold day to write a tune. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been on the East Coast in winter. Whoa, gotta wear socks. Okay, so... Uh, we already really kind of heard the story of that. I, I'm curious about how you record. Now, do you use a pewter? Yeah, uh, there's a program called um, Reaper that's sort of just a free sure, I got it. open software one. And I, I yeah, basically just use that. And then um, I'm able to kind of connect it to amps or whatever I'm using um, to do it and then just kind of mess with it for however long I think it takes to, to get the song or quote unquote song to where it is. So you're not really using mics, you're using direct? Yeah, direct. Um, I'll, I'll use the mic on, on, um, sort of like my phone or the, or through the, like the, the computer's speakers. If I want to try to mess with different sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just trying to get different levels and, and, and things to pretend like I know what I'm doing. And, and, and de- you don't make demos, right? You, you just go for it. Uh, yeah, so I, when I first started, I was like making tapes, um, like cassettes, and just dropping them at, at record stores just just for fun out in California. And then, wow. like, if I traveled like overseas, I'd drop some. But but now it's mostly just on on kind of Bandcamp. But um, when I moved, I found my tape recorder again, like the whole setup I had. So which I got at like Goodwill for five bucks. So I kind of want to start making tapes again because it was always a it was kind of a fun thing. But but that's it. that's the end result. I'm talking about kind of more in the composition phase. Oh, um, I, yes and no. Like I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll do something and then I'll sit on it and come back to it in two days and, and just kind of listen to it again. So in that case, I guess it's a demo and then, and I just mess with it a little more until I'm kind of happy with it. And then I put it up. And what about gigs? Does, um, does nice yeah, do gigs? I, I mean, I'd love to, if I could figure out kind of how to do it live without just kind of playing it. Um, but I guess I could like build a song live and that might be interesting. Um, my, like my, my Lindsay always jokes because there's like a, um, farmer's market out here where I live yeah. and like, there'll be like, you know, people doing whatever covers and, and she's like, oh, you should definitely bring nice in right here. <laughs> right. And, and you know, one thing about touring electronically, like everything fits in a suitcase or something, right? Yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause I, I just saw, uh, what's it? Brian, Eno is doing the tour and I'm like, like, how does he get his setup to do like live? And I know he's doing more stuff, but I'm, I'd love to figure out how to kind of do something live, I guess. And so the, this project has never done a gig in front of people. No, no, just sort of, uh, you know, if my wife's here or my, and, you know, the, my brother will watch me kind of make a song. Okay. Um, so it's like the old version of Steely Dan. Well, I guess they toured at first, but then they didn't tour for like 10 years. Yeah, I should. I'll just tell everyone I'm a studio band. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just, you, know, yeah, like, you know, if it's coming out the fucking speakers, they don't know how I got there, right? That's true. Yeah, I'm just. I'll, I'll be like a Vegas DJ. <laughs> or Frank Morgan in The Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. He was the <laughs> motherfucker true. behind the curtain. 
I guess if I like get some like I could put my laptop up and like I don't know move my hands and stuff and people will think I'm doing it live. <laughs> Remember there was that band uh, Front Two Forty Two? Yeah, yeah. That was I think they're Belgian cats and it was really one guy and he ran. He had some young guys on stage like miming it while he was doing all the music at the mixing desk. Oh my god, maybe I'm, I'm missing a, I'm missing an audience here. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your little puppet master, <laughs> right? Trippy. Okay, this uh, last music you gave me, this is the stuff with Dowdy. So this is kind of a, uh, when you first come to SoCal and, and like interim as you're developing, right? Right, right? okay. Did Dowdy do any gigs? Um, no, but we, it was, I was, I was working out in Thousand Oaks and I lived in LA. So like Dowdy. every Wednesday I just crashed my buddy's place and, and that's how Dowdy started. You know, um, you know we, Thousand we just Oaks. play every kind of every Wednesday. I got to tell you, Thousand Oaks, right? Captain Beefheart, the uh, top mask replica. There's a pad out there that it was all created and practiced. Or is it well, Sherman Oaks? Yeah, we were, uh, we were sort of channeling that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's kind of like that Littleton thing in Long Island. It was a planned community. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, everyone who ever asked me what's in Thousand Oaks, I was like, I don't know, there's a target there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen.
Watt for Pedro, show last music for this edition. Niacinamide with Dowdy doing Tell You No Lies. Yeah, isn't that one of the, the most famous paradoxes, right? Everything's a lie. Right. Except for that, right? <laughs> okay, Ratchet Orchestra out of Keb- Quebec with uh, Eve live. Uh, All Lady Tokyo band from early 80s. Mitsutama Shobodan translates to Polka Dot Fire Brigade. Happy end. <laughs> And then finally, Niacinamide with Dowdy doing a Birds and Bears. So where in the timeline would these collabs? Were like, like right when you got with them? Uh, that, that was sort of uh, the, I, uh, the transition from sort of Dowdy into, into Niacinamide when I was kind of just doing my own thing then and just kind of, I don't know, move, moving it way into the noise realm. Because I kind of just, just kind of came across noise and I was like, I, this is really interesting to me. And like I grew up with like loving Sonic Youth, and I was like, here's kind of an aspect to kind of bring that back. What about stuff like Throb and Gristle? And well, you said you knew about Cabaret Voltaire, so you probably know about Throb. Yeah, I mean, sort of the the, the weirder the the weirder the the better for me, I think. And it's yeah, just yeah. I, like I'm I'm always interested in sort of like what people love and kind of find with music, and and the, and then I think that like I just I was Sonic Youth. I was just like when I remember the first time hearing them, I was just like, what what is this? This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan too. To me, the whole movement wasn't about the sound. That was up to each cat who wanted to get on board. Right. You know, and that the people that's too much weight for some people's minds to take. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, with Nice Cinema, I always like anytime I like anyone talks to me about, it, I'm always like, I'm like, you could just, I mean, you could just start a noise band at your desk, like, so just do it. Like, it's it's a good outlet. It's good for your mental health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of which. Where are you right now? What's going on? You got an album uh, coming up or what? Um, so I, I started so I, I, I started this sort of net label called Arth Naya, which is a play on Niacinamide, but it's I'm, I'm trying to like give back. I don't know if that's the right term here, but um, just no. doing free sort of releases for other people. So I totally I, know what you mean. That's the big fucking foundation of why I do the Watt from Pedro show. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like, I, I remember when I started with Nia, I just, like, no one, I mean, like I said, like, Graham from Less of One and this guy Paul, who did who Al Ripper, they were, like, very sort of encouraging and, like, but that wasn't the case with everybody. And I just felt like I want more people to do this, so why not I just do it myself? So I've been putting out stuff, like, Nia Cinemite stuff on there mostly. And then, um, like I said, I, I want to try to get back into doing tapes again, but... So do you have like a roster? Tell me about some uh, of your your labels artists that are interesting. I'd like to check it out. Yeah, it's it's. I basically like. I mean, I hate Instagram, but like that's how the scene kind of connects. And then I just kind of put up like open calls. And so there's this 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 one guy in in the Midwest. He does visceral new frequencies, and he sends stuff. Um, The owl, like I said, and then there's just like people from all over the world. Like um, I had like Tuple Twin. There's a band called Fibrodysplasia. Ossificans, Progressiva, and Latin Quilt, and uh, like Fence Post, your buddy. Uh, that's right. That's right. So, so what's the URL? You say an instant ham? That's where you can find the the connect. What's yeah, the URL? I, mean, I, I only I do I only do Bandcamp really, um, as far as Arachnia, and then and yeah, yeah, everything's on Insta- Instagram, which I'm trying to keep can, down. Can you spell so, it no. so maybe listeners who want to check it out can go there? Yeah, for sure. That's it's Arachnia A R R H. Y T H N I A records at dot bandcamp dot com and that's sort of like where you can find everything. Yeah, great, great, great. And then from there the 
Instant app. Yeah, I know. You know, I thought when the internet came, everybody's going to have their own website. Be like, we got our own, each of, everybody's got their own fanzine. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was saying with, uh, I was going to my parents in the attic and I found sort of early demos of Center of Zero and it's got like a GeoCities site on. I remember thinking that was the greatest. GeoCities! <laughs> yeah, I remember that. An angel uh, something, whatever. Yeah, Angel Wire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some shit. Yeah, yeah. They looked, they had their own kind of look to an aesthetic or lack yeah. of aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but on the niacinamide uh, angle, tracked, whatever, do you have an album coming? Um, I, I'm working on one that I'm going to put out through Eric Nia, so I'm hoping that's going to come out. Um, I just got to find the time. Uh, but definitely no, in the no summer, rush. I'll have like well, because one or two. I ask because I'm putting out the invite. Will you, when you get it done, will you come back on the show? We could play it and talk about it. Oh, my God. I'd love to. Oh, great, Tom. Thank you so much. Please keep on keeping on it and help all them brothers and sisters who might make wild, crazy-ass music, too. Thank God. You guys are fucking kicking like Cato. <laughs> People, it's been the June 5, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.